Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California. This is the Knapsack Files and the return of Life Rank. That's right, my July hiatus is over. We had a lot of episodes of the three things because that's easy to record. That's me in a room by myself. But today we are back with a guest. Uh, if you have heard earlier in the week, we had the wonderful, talented, uh, and intelligent, and insightful, and just vivacious, and one of my <laughs> favorite people in the whole wide world, Alicia Malone, in to talk about her Stop book, it. Backwards, and it heals. <laughs> I need you to do the voice over for it. Yeah. <laughs> I still have that voice memo you recorded me, by the way. Oh, yes. Tell me I could do anything do I want. Do anything, because you're Very empowering. Alicia Blake and Malone. Yeah, I still listen to that. That's it good. Pumps me up. That's good. Uh, that was the intention, but today we get a very... Very special life rank to continue this Alicia Malone week and promotion uh, of her book. But, um, you know, it, it's business. We're promoting this book because I want everyone in the world to buy it. Yeah. But it's also a, a chance to talk to you about stuff that's close to your heart, mm-hmm. uh, which includes taking chances creatively and putting yourself out there. But also why this book is written, which is, which is uh, females in film. Yes. Um, which has always been very close to your heart, always been something you got more and more bold to speak about mm-hmm. uh, because you also worked in a area, YouTube, <clears throat> where uh, a lot of people don't like any idea <laughs> yeah, nothing, that isn't their own. Nothing different. Nothing different. I know, and as I delved into it and I learned more about the statistics behind, you know, the amount of women working particularly as filmmakers in Hollywood, it just shocked me to the point where yeah. I was like, I have to keep speaking out. And I think, you know, it, it's better for all of us if yeah. we have a variety of voices telling different stories or even yeah. telling the same story like we saw with Patty Jenkins. And Wonder Woman, which was yeah, which was great. A, a great example yeah. of that. It's and felt fresh and interesting. Absolutely, and Patty's getting that. I always say, uh, just give a female director a chance to direct a shitty Transformers movie. <laughs> That's all <laughs> yeah, we need. Yeah, then you know? it's true equality. <laughs> um, so this life rank is is going to be the top five female directors now, according to Leash Malone. It's a long title. Now the reason. I'm saying this. I, I am so. I know I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'm very supportive of women in film. But if you're on, if I'm on movie talk and someone says, um, hey, wh- what female director should direct a Star Wars? Yeah. Um, I, because I don't slow down, I'm, a, I'm not as researched as a Perry Nemiroff or something like that. I'll be like, I don't know, the Michelle, M- Michelle McLaren because she directed Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. So I want you to speak to the dummies like me who... <laughs> Are on board, but uh, aren't uh, haven't taken that time to really dig beyond the headlines. Yeah, uh, and you might have a big name on. You might have a you might have a name I've heard of. But these yeah. are other voices because there's not just. I always think there's this case like so. Ava DuVernay right now, mm-hmm. killing it. Killing it. Wrinkle in time. Setting records. Yes. First uh, woman of color direct a hundred hundred million, million dollar plus. Movie. Yeah. Um, and then there becomes this thing of, sure, now give her a Star Wars, and I hope she directs one. Uh, give her this, and it's like we one is anointed. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like and Patty Jenkins. Yes. Yes. So now Patty Jenkins is going to, and good for Patty Jenkins. But 
I think there's this problem of there's one, we're good. Yeah, exactly. And it's this so is, true. Yeah, and this is what uh, I think this episode is about as well. Yeah, too. there's been a lot of articles I've seen after Wonder Woman being like, see, everything's fine now. Right, 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 right. Wonder Woman did well. It's like, yeah, but that was one. <laughs> Patty Jenkins got her check. Good for her. Yeah, great. I love Finally, the, I, I love, mean, it yeah. was like, what, 14 years between feature films? Yeah. Yeah. And she worked on a film that won, like, Oscars. So right. that seems insane that seems... it had to wait that long. So that's a great way of talking about these women. I've chosen five. Mm. I, I decided not to go for the names that people know. So Good. even though I love Catherine Bigelow and Ava DuVernay and Patty Jenkins, I've gone for five indie directors who I've noticed lately who have big futures ahead of them if they're just given a shot, if that's what they want to do, then right. then they'll be up for Yeah, yeah, yeah they might not things. want to direct a Star War. Yeah. You know? Never know. Uh, so, all right, so working from five to one, this is what we do on Live Rank. Let's start with your number five. Well, number five, she's a documentary filmmaker, Kristen Johnson, okay. and she worked as a cinematographer on big documentaries like Citizen Four. Mm-hmm. So she was in the room with Edward Snowden, right. dur- like taking the pictures for that and filming everything. And but she did a really interesting documentary called Camera Person, and it's out. You can see it. It's on the Criterion Collection. It's out there, and I recommend people watch it because it's such a unique take on documentary. And this is why I think she has such a unique eye and something, an original voice that you don't feel too often. Documentaries are usually pretty standard in their style. This is like a visual essay. So what she did was she went through all the footage from the films that she'd worked on as a camera person looking through the lens and then put them together, just these little moments. You Mm. jump back and forth in time between different projects and it's like a visual diary. And at the end, you just get an overwhelming sense of, her work as a camera person and how tough that must be to have to look through the lens at some pretty horrific situations and remain distant. You can't help the people. You've got to stay professional. And uh, But how does that affect her and her own life? That's fascinating because yeah, you can't be part of the story. No, you're you documenting. Can't. Yeah, you, you have to you have to keep the camera rolling and through some horrific situations um, and some dangerous situations. Right. You know, she she was in uh, the Middle East. You know, chasing the Taliban. I mean, oh, some wow. pretty horrific situations. And then she turns the camera on herself and her mother, who's who had ill health and she was getting worse and worse with Alzheimer's and she Mm. really documents everything and to lay it all out bare is heartbreaking, it's moving, it's confronting and it just makes you think about that job in a whole other way. So I love Kristen Johnson and Camera Person. Do And so... Is it is it ever possible for a documentary filmmaker to move over into to fiction? Do you think has it been done on big levels before? It has been done on big levels. Um, I think it's very different styles. It it's totally so is unique. Yeah, but uh, I could definitely see it happening, particularly for someone like Kristen who has worked at behind the camera. You know, in different facets before. Well, so when you said like cinematographer, like yeah. a lot of cinematographers and, and become directors see, of exactly. fiction movies. Yeah, yeah, and you can see in this film, you can see where she moves the camera to get a better shot. That it's always mm-hmm. thinking about the frame. Yeah, and the art of the frame. And and her big documentary is again camera person. Camera person. Yeah, it's great. Gotcha. I like that. I love a good documentary. Yes, love them. 
That Me sounds fa- that sounds fascinating. The fact that it's turned turned around on her. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, so that's, interesting. That's number five. Number four. Number four. She is an actor. She's just done her first film, which came mm. out at Sundance, where she directed, wrote, and starred, and it was really fun. Zoe Lister Jones is her name, and mm. her film is called Band Aid. Now, Zoe herself, I can't think off the top of my head exactly which comedy she's been in, but she's one of those those actors that you'll see pop up in different TV comedies and different movies in small roles and you'll always notice her because she's very funny. So here she wrote, directed Band-Aid, which is about a couple who are married and they're having problems and they decide to work out the issues through song. So they have these (laughs) fight songs where they're just fighting with each other and it ends up being quite therapeutic. So it's a comedy and it also tells truths about relationships. But something I really liked about her is she's such an advocate for women in film that she decided to show that it was possible to crew her entire film with women. So every single person on set and every single person in post-production were women. I think that's great. And I'm looking at her IMDb. It's supposed to tap it up here for a second. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen her. Yeah, you've seen her. Yeah, yeah, she's so funny and she's obviously really talented. She has an eye for directing material. You can tell she's spent lots of time on set so she knows how it works. It was great to see her shine in Mm Band-Aid and I really noted it as a fresh voice that I want to see more from. And I think that the way that she balanced comedy with drama, with the fights and, and some uncomfortable situations that everybody knows if you've been in a relationship, that tells me that she has a lot to say in dramatic as well as comedic aspects. I like that. I love that transition uh, from from actor to director. And it was that that, that that's a time honored tradition in Hollywood. Yeah. But uh, uh, the, the, that she was able to do that, and and that uh, uh, that that's an that's an option. Mm-hmm. You don't just stop. You yes. don't just stop. Clint Eastwood's not the only one that gets to do this. Exactly. I mean, it's quite rare. I, I write about in my book the the few women that join that uh, that group, if you like to call mm-hmm. it, of writer, director, actor, right. and doing everything. That Themselves, and often it happens in the independent world for women because they don't get as big a shot sure. in studios to do all that together. So I was really happy to see Zoe Lister-Jones and her film do so well at Sundance, and I'm just hopeful that she gets another opportunity after this. If you hit something at Sundance, does, I mean, does that does that 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 still because that still help? It's not, is it like Carson and stand-up comics in the '70s? You get called to that couch, <laughs> your career's made. No. Does Sundance still matter as much? It's actually interesting because I wrote about that in the book as well, where I spoke to the head of the Sundance Institute yeah. and they really make an effort to make it as 50-50 as possible. Mm-hmm. They've still got a ways to go until they're completely equal, but it's getting better every year with the amount of films directed by women and the amount of films directed by men, almost 50-50. I think it's like sort of like 30, 60, 70 now, however maths work. Um, but uh, it's actually an issue after Sundance. Mm-hmm. So they've discovered that with independent film, Women are just as likely as men to be able to put money together themselves, you know, beg, mm-hmm. borrow, steal, Still, yeah. get, make it happen, get into film festivals, do really well, get prizes. But what happens after that is 80% of women drop off because after Sundance and after that independent films, then you have to go the next level where you have to ask for funding right. or you have to enter into the studio system and that's where... Unfortunately, women don't get as many opportunities. Right. They're not trusted with money. Again, they're not seen as directors and leaders, so mm-hmm. they fall off the wayside after that, okay. which is unfortunate. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah. All right, that's number four. That's number four. Number three, another actor turned director who I just love is Lake Bell. I mean, come on. <laughs> She's so great. In a, in a world. It's in a, a great, world. great movie in if you guys world. haven't seen it. In a world. In a world. Yeah. That was such a funny movie. She had yeah. a short film before that. Again, she managed to juggle starring and and directing the film and writing the movie. Very impressive. I think it had a lot to say about women and entertainment as well as being very funny and being a sweet romantic comedy. She's so likeable and she's hilarious. She's got another film coming out this year called I Do Until I Don't, mm. all about marriage and whether it is possible to stay with the one person for your entire life. Oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. just, just based off of In a World. Um, and then uh, uh, what's the movie you and I like, Man, Man Up? Yeah, I love Man Up. Man Up, which I, th- I think I've seen twice on airplanes now. <laughs> I've because seen it of like, you. what, which is, times? Yeah, which is uh, <laughs> what, Simon Pegg and Lake Bell, uh, British uh, rom-com. Yes. That's interesting. I, I I do until I don't. I do until I don't. So uh, I'm high in my anticipated her, list now. Her take on that because I think it is interesting when women can mm-hmm. can look at relationships and really delve into right. some some truths that might be uncomfortable for people to confront oh, uh, and funny at the same time. Yeah, and, and that's that's fast. the thing about inner world. I, I mean, it it was that's what stand out stands out first beyond any message, which is it is not that you need to bury your message, but that then then you're going to reach so much more and and in a world just such a fun movie. So fun. Such a fun movie. Such a fun movie. She's so so good. I love Lake Bell. Yeah. Um I definitely am excited to see her continue to grow as an actor and a director. And a director. Yeah. And a storyteller. She's good yep. at that. Number three was Lake Bell. Number two? Number two is Gillian Robespierre. She did a film called Obvious Child with Jenny Slate in 2014. Right, right. Which is another indie comedy that told some truths. Uh, uncomfortable, this is my theme apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, about uh, pregnancy and having a child as a single mother. And then it also uh, was very, very funny. So she's just done another film with Jenny Slate, which I really enjoyed, called Landline. And Mm, it's set in the 90s. It's about these two sisters who discover that their father, who's played by John Tutoro, is having an affair. And they're trying to figure out whether the mother, played by Edie Falco, knows and trying to keep it a secret. It's great that it's set in the 90s. I think everyone's very nostalgic for the 90s at the moment. It seems like a much simpler time. There's a scene where Jenny Slate decides to take off from work and she checks her mail, her voicemail at a uh, payphone and then kind of goes, ah, forget it, and just leaves and like, no one one knows where she is. And I, I think I like that. There's no cell phone. No yeah, Jenny Slate's great. Yeah, remember those days? Remember, yes. Remember pay phones? Remember those remember days. And Jenny is, you know, she shines when she works with Gillian specific, yeah. specifically. But she's just so, she's so relatable and so fresh and vibrant. And she always has an interesting way of playing the scene that I don't expect. And mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. yeah, when she's paired with Gillian, that's where you really get to see it. It's like a, it's like a, you know, every director finds their muse actor, it would mm. seem. It would exactly. Seem. And uh, Gillian directed a TV series Casual, two episodes of that. Yeah, why, which why, I, I like. Why, can I ask you, you might not have the answer, it's, it might be another book. Why, why is it, and not that it's perfect, don't get me wrong, uh-huh. why is it that the TV is more 
welcoming to, to female storytellers. I think TV is taking more risks in general these yeah. days. Uh, there's also the volume of work, but it's definitely not nearly as equal as it should be. Yeah. Luckily, there are people like Ryan Murphy who's put his half foundation where he's vowed to make 50%, you know, women, minorities, mm-hmm. um, LGBTQ directors and train them up and mentor them so that 50% of his shows can be directed by those people. But it's uh, it's still got a long way to go. Actually, the original six, which I talked about in our last podcast, for the six mm-hmm. directors that took on the 80s. In the 80s. The one area that they saw a shift was television, where it went from 9% of directors in television being female to something like uh, 29% or something. It was a huge jump and it hasn't changed much since then. Mm, <laughs> so they, okay. they were responsible for a bit of a jump. But, right. yeah, it's still hard, but um, I think it's slightly easier than feature film. So, yeah, it's like, don't get me wrong. I it's think because like, it's like yeah. they have showrunners as well, so yeah, it's yeah. not like they're trusted with the whole series or with right. the money. They, right. They're seen as sort of these bit players that can come in. And movies are still these... Big giant conglomerates yeah. things. Where Getting bigger and bigger. Old, yeah, old minds still might might reign supreme at yes. times. Unfortunately, yeah, old biases and old yeah. old ways of of thinking. I think televisions move with the times, but film is still like you can't have this if for it to be successful. You got to have this. You got to have this, and some of that is so outdated now. Yeah, just in terms of storytelling or movie making. Let's yeah. forget who's making the movies. Exactly. Just these, you know, you know, uh, we can talk about big budget films <laughs> a long time. So that is a, that is a great number two, and this is the number one. Number one. Her name is Janitska Bravo, and she is such a cool young director. It's J A N I C Z A. Bravo. And she's done a lot of interesting short films, but she's got a film that is coming out right now, right about when this podcast is being released, called Lemon. And Uh, it is not going to be everyone's cup of tea. It is a strange movie. It is very uncomfortable. It's embarrassing. It's all about loneliness and alienation and really is uncompromising. It's dark comedy. It's funny, but it just really goes out there and I think it would be too much for some people. But that's why I love her Right, is because she has a definite style. She has her own voice and she's not going to be held back in telling her story and telling what she wants to say. And she goes to some places that you wouldn't expect her to challenge, but she really does it well. She's I'm, the coolest. Yeah, guy. I'm looking. I'm looking at. Uh, I'm looking at her IMDb page. Uh, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Married to what did they? Brett Gelman. Brett Gelman. Brett, Brett Gelman. Excuse me. Excuse me. So. Yeah, I love Brett Gelman, and he again is one of these actors that you've seen a million times in comedies. And yeah, someone you always notice because he does such a good job. He commits to his roles. What. Uh, how does all right? So she's got such a when I hear like a unique vision and mm. all those kind of things. How to get her to the next level? To get all these voices to the next level, mm. like and into this sometimes horrible three act big budget story structure. Yeah, that's hard. Um, do you do you do you want that? How, how do you want? I know you. It's like it's like your favorite indie band, and you want you want them to hit big. Yeah. Uh, do you worry that some of these uh, voices would be, she'd have to mold herself into this? Absolutely, you know? yeah. And I think we've started to see that with things like Star Wars and yeah. Marvel movies and um, DC movies as well, where they've hired really interesting directors, like yeah. we saw with the Han Solo 
film where they hired, you know, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, who have such a great voice and such that right. is their own and you can't imagine them fitting into a franchise and then who knows what happened exactly with that. But similar to Edgar Wright leaving Ant-Man, it's this time when you get these great fresh directors who have such a unique vision but then you're trying to fit them into this mould, yeah. the studio mould. So I actually wouldn't want to see her do any of those franchise movies. I would love to see her get a big budget to do an original movie and something right. that she would want to do, which would be hard because she is very niche and also, again, like I said, it's not everyone's cup of tea, her kind of style. Right. But it's it's so rare these days in film that you see a movie and you think, wow, that person is saying something that I've never seen before. Or maybe she she reminds me of some great auteurs of the past, of the right. 70s, when they had such a great voice and trying unique things and swinging for the fences and seeing what happens. And uh, unfortunately, we don't see that at the big blockbuster level anymore right. because it's all about fitting into a larger franchise and a cinematic universe. Yeah. So I think I'd just love to see them be successful and be able to get funding for movies and yeah. not have to like scrimp and save and, it, and do it all themselves. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's almost like Alicia like Malone. having a trailer on the yeah. set, I'm sure, would be nice. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, having, having craft it, it, It's like Alicia Malone just wants good original films to be made. Yes. You know, and, and this, so I'm looking at Lemon... Um, Looking at uh, Lemon is out now. It's in. It's actually at the time of this release. You are right, Alicia. It is in uh, in theaters now. Yes. And how do you say it? Janetska? Janitska. Janitska. Janitska Bravo. It's like a superhero name, and she's got superhero storytelling skills. She's how do, so cool. How do you um, how do you go out and and uh, you yourself look for new voices? Do you just I know you like to sit at home and watch yeah, movies. Is that I what you do. still do? Sit at home. I watch everything. Um, actually, less and less the big films now that I don't have sure. to cover them. Sure. I, if I don't want to see them, then I won't. You know, I'm never going to see Transformers. Um, I'm like, I don't have You're to see okay. that anymore. You're doing okay. I don't have to, so I'm not going to. So I watch a ton of independent movies. Movies like Lemon I saw at film festivals like South by Southwest and Sundance and Toronto Film Festival. So that's where I really discover new voices. I'm lucky that I get to go to all the film festivals. Even if I wasn't sent for work, then I pay my own way like I did at Cannes because right. I just love it so much. And um, and I watch a bunch of indies. And again, I'm lucky that I'm in the biz so I'm able to get screening links or go to screenings of these small films. But that's what I see as my purpose is once I see these films to try and share them as much as I can and talk about them so that maybe someone out there hears it and goes, oh, I might check out that movie. Right. And because I think, you know, that's where I can make an actual difference. Yeah. Whereas if someone goes to see, if even if one person goes to see the movie, it actually helps these indie directors because not many people see these movies yeah. or hear about them or cut through the marketing buzz of all the big films. Yeah. And, it, 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 and we, I know it's hard to find sometimes, like the smaller theaters, especially. Especially in, in towns outside of yeah. L.A. New York don't play these movies. But um, if you can seek them out, then they're well worth it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like we are in a, in a great time now. It's with this Netflix and streaming and everything. You're more likely to find some of these movies if, yeah. if you just hear about them. Exactly. And sometimes when you're scrolling through Netflix and you're going to end up on a rerun of Wings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, if I knew, uh, you know, I think that's how I found In a World was, you know, I knew Lake Bell and was a fan of her work, but not like, yeah, I would never have stopped on if I didn't hear about it. Exactly. It does help. It yeah. really does when you're scrolling through these streaming services if you have a recommendation. Um, yeah. And so that's where I feel like I can I can help out in my own little way. 
Yeah, you are. You are. Absolutely. So get, re, uh, rename your five so we can give everyone full credit on this wonderful list of five vibrant new storytellers. All right. Number five is Kristen Johnson, and you should check out Camera Person. Um, number four is Zoe Lister-Jones. Check out Band-Aid. Number three is Lake Bell and see In a World if you haven't and soon see I Do Until I Don't. Gillian Robespierre is the director of uh, Obvious Child and Landline and she was at number two. And so number one is Janitska Bravo, who is the director of Lemon. Love it. Alicia, great list. Great voices out there. Uh, so now I will I will sound smarter if asked. <laughs> um, Remember these names, yeah. People be like, "What, Ken?" It's I, I'll have an off air conversation, names. but me being on movie talk, it's a joke. But um, <laughs> I appreciate this list, and and don't forget, guys, if you're listening here, uh, Alicia is a uh, is a wealth of film knowledge, and you can see it all on display in her book, Backwards and in Heels, which is available. I purchased on Amazon, but it's available a lot of spots, including Barnes and Noble. Great book about uh, well, just the past, present, and future of women working in film. A lot of great stories, a lot of research into it. Her heart went into it, yeah. and it is going to be. I am. I've got my hands on it, and I'm going to read it too. And I believe it should be studied in film school. We should have professors go and pull out your book by Alicia Malone. <laughs> pull out your little pink book. You are definitely the person I want sharing uh, this list with me. So thank you so much for coming into life. Frank today, Alicia. Thanks for having me, Ken. You guys can follow me at Ken Napsack. Use the hashtag LifeRank to join this conversa- conversation, 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 <laughs> and watch these movies and tell both of us at Alicia Malone at Ken Napsack what you thought about these movies and these directors on this list. You can follow Napsack Files on Facebook. We're also on Patreon support over there as well if you want. I'll humbly thank you in advance. So for Alicia and all these fine directors, we will see you next time on Life Ranked. Life Ranked.